Wilson! Episode number 32. 32 on the day. My favorite math problem growing up was 8 times 4. 32. I could repeat that every single day of my life. I don't know why. For some reason, 8 times 4 always clicked as 32 to me. So, episode 32. Fun fact about the number 32. In computer science, 2 raised to the 5th power equals 32. This makes it significant in binary systems, which are the foundation of classical computing. In computing, 32 bits is a common word size for processors. This means that data is processed in chunks of binary digits or bits at a time. For example, the IPv4 addressing system, which is used on the internet, is based on 32-bit addresses, allowing for a total of approximately 4.3 billion unique addresses, 2 to the 32nd. Additionally, the ASCII, code for the space character, which is the most common character in text data, is 32. The ASCII is a character encoding standard used for representing text and control characters in computers, and the space character is crucial for delimiting words in text data. Outside computing in the realm of chemistry, water freezes at 32 degrees Fahrenheit under standard atmospheric conditions, making 32 an important number in everyday life. Down to number 32. The more you know. And then being that it's June 21st, the year of our Lord, 2023. A fun fact also about what's going on this day in history. History June 21st, 1964, three civil rights workers, James Cheney, Andrew Goodman, and Michael Schwerner, were murdered in Neshoba County, Mississippi. The incident became known as the Mississippi Burning, or My Burn, for the FBI. The three young men were working to register African-American voters in Mississippi as part of the Freedom Summer Campaign. The campaign was aimed at challenging the systemic discrimination of disenfranchisement faced by black citizens when attempting to register to vote in the segregated South. The three activists were arrested for a traffic violation, then released, but they were abducted and killed by members of the Ku Klux Klan. KKK. In a coordinated effort to locate law, in a coordinated effort with local law enforcement, the case gained national attention, and the FBI was involved in the investigation. Their deaths were one of the pivotal, pivotal events in, during the civil rights movement. Civil rights. I don't know why I slurred that civil right. Civil rights movement in the 1960s and added momentum to the push for the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965. The story of their murders has been depicted in several films, notably Mississippi Burning in 1988. And keeping track with the national news or the global news still about this submarine that's been still lost shows really no signs of being found although they did hear we got some signs of good news i guess i don't know if it was good news or bad news or just news they heard um tapping while they were doing their scans and stuff they heard a pretty they they heard a tapping every 30 minutes over the course of a few hours and it was like boom 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 and in nature that doesn't really happen they said there's no reason in nature or in the ocean where something taps like that. You might hear like water splash up against something or fish moving around, but nothing makes a consistent tapping sound. So they narrowed the search area to this one area. Uh, They came up empty. Uh, As of the latest news I read is that they haven't found anything um, associated with 
this submarine yet. They're still on the hunt. They still believe they might have oxygen left. And I listened to a few podcasts today about it. And there was an expert on like submersibles. He does like these diving expeditions and stuff in these uh, submarines. He does it for the National Geological Survey, I think. He said that the people that are in this, although one of them's a tourist, the other four are experienced divers. They've done this before, or they've been in situations kind of like this before. So they kind of know not to panic. So he doesn't think that they would be panicking at this point. I mean, at this point, they've got to be running out of oxygen. He's like, but they should have kicked in. All right, we're going to conserve our energy. We're going to conserve the oxygen. They're going. They're doing the taps every so often, uh, which is good. If, if that's them do- doing the taps, then that's good. However, if they're not found, I think like tonight's it. Like if they haven't been found yet. Um, he also went into detail about what actually happens when they say they do get found, right? And then it's like, then what? There's actually a thing the Navy can do, our Navy can do, which is kind of, it's one of the only ones in the world. I think there's two of them in the world and we own both of them. Um, it's the skyhook system that the Air Force uses in, it, it was used in Batman, but the Air Force has this thing where they hook it up to a C-130, they pretty much drop a hook down and... You get scooped up, but it's a long ass rope. This isn't like a a thing. So they attach it to a robot. It floats down. It can move a little bit and hook itself up to this thing and then pull it out. That's the idea anyway. If all goes well, but even if they found it, they would still have to lower this cable down with the motors and everything on it. They got to fight the current. You know what I mean? Like there's still a lot of obstacles. Let's just say if they did find it, that it would still take a few hours for them to get pulled out. And then even then, like, what are you opening up at that point? So they're still optimistic. They can find this thing. They're just not really optimistic that these people might be alive anymore. So there is a rescue plan if they, because that's what everyone kind of asking, like, all right, so what if they get it? How the fuck do we get them out? We can't just like drop a fishing wire down there, you know, but there is, we do have the technology to get them out. It's just going to be a pro that's going to be a process all on its own, but the Navy and Coast Guard and and I guess the Canadian Navy are prepared for situations like like they do train to do shit like this. So it's never been done before, I guess, in the real world. So I guess we'll see if they end up finding this thing. I would be more interested in that part of it. Like if we don't find them, we don't find them. Eventually, it'll probably get found if people because, you know, people are going to start searching for this thing now. Like independent people are going to go out there and be the people that find this thing. And heaven forbid, if they drag that thing out of the water after like a month, years, and they open that up, like the smell, the whole thing in there, forget it. Um, But the expert did say he doesn't believe that it would have crushed because at the time they wouldn't have been that deep where they would have gotten crushed. They still would have been able to surface, I guess. I don't know. But the tapping is what he's like, that's that's a human tapping. That's not fish or shit. Don't do that. Like it just doesn't happen. So he's optimistic they're alive. He's just worried by the time we find them, we're not going to have enough time to get them above to the surface. So overall, a morbid situation, not the one you want to be in. And uh, hopefully... They um, come to terms with it. And I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna suck running out of air slowly like that. Like you're gonna pass out. Probably gonna go into panic mode a little bit. I don't even wanna think about it. it sounds miserable. But we're gonna switch gears, move it right along to something a little more fun. There's really no new news. They're still searching for this thing. So we're gonna keep it moving. Get right along. Your boy played men's softball for the first time in been years. It's been a while. 
we had a team we have a team at my squadron but the first week that smoke shit happened got canceled the next week it rained and last week was a four-day weekend so everyone took off the day before and the day before was one of our games so we had to forfeit that game uh this game it was rainy it wasn't raining it was just wet it was in and out of rain but uh like, yeah we're, we're we're gonna try to play it like if it rains too much we'll just call the game but we're gonna get this game in because like they don't want to back the schedule too far up and stuff so i didn't know what we we're getting ourselves into like you would think and i still have this weird mentality about base um like air force intramural sports that they're kind of shoddy but every time i've thought that i've gotten burned by how competitive it is and how serious it gets taken like they hire umpires to come in it's not like some dickhead that just wants to volunteer and has no idea what he's doing like they hire umpire crews to come out and actually umpire the game the right way so like you need a lineup you need all this stuff and they're keeping track like if you're if you're batting out of order and all this stuff like they're keeping track of it so we get there and brady came with me obviously because we go everywhere together and he we get there and there's a shitload of people like they all four fields were full there were teams waiting you know like it was it was going it had the vibe to it again a little wet but whatever and then uh when they asked me to play you know like a month ago i was like yeah i play like third base second i was like i could play first or the out i could play play pretty much anywhere besides pitcher catcher i didn't say i couldn't play shortstop but i'm like i'm not really a shortstop like i'm huge and just never played shortstop you got to be kind of quick there but i didn't say i couldn't play it right and i think i mentioned this previously on a different podcast but i'm for some reason dubbed like the athletic guy i mean i'm i'm athletic like let's be honest I'm an athletic guy. I've got some muscle to me. I got a little speed. These legs got some fucking speed to them, you know? I'm not Usain Bolt. I'm like his brother, fucking Gary Bolt. But, I mean, I can move for my size. But for some reason, my squadron has it in their heads that I'm like the athlete. Like, I'm, and they know I'm competitive. Like, they already knew that, but now they're like, he's. So every time there's a sport that needs to be played, I'm like the first name that pops up. So they asked me to be like the assistant coach of this thing. And I'm like, nah, not really, because. I just don't want that responsibility because usually what happens in the Air Force, if you're the assistant or like the backup, the person that's the primary dumps all the shit onto you to be like, oh, it's a mentoring thing. So this would I know this is that's what it would turn into. So I get there and they're like, all right, here's the lineup. I look down batting third playing shortstop. I didn't say anything. I'm like, I'll fucking play shortstop. Like to me in baseball, either you're the starting pitcher or you're the shortstop. Those are like the two sexiest positions, you know, like no one's no one's dating the catcher. You know what I mean? Like Jorge Posada wasn't catching ass. You know what I mean? Derek Jeter was catching. I'm talking boy band ass. You know what I mean? Derek Jeter was getting after it. No one's dating Posada. You know, no one's dating Yadier Molina. You know what I mean? They're going after the big fish. Nomar Garcia Para. That dude's crushing ass. So I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking play shortstop. And mind, keep in mind, when it comes to these kind of things, I'm more of look the part because there's a good good chance I don't know what I'm doing, but at least I'm going to look like I know what I'm doing. So I show up. I got my high stirrup socks on with my knee, with my baseball pants that are up to the knee. So they're cut off. They're not like full baseball pants. They're cut off at the knee. <laughs> Got the shirt tucked in, got the hat on, baseball gloves in the back pocket. I got a mouthful of seeds. I'm spitting. You would have thought I came there fresh off the, <laughs> fresh out of double A. You know what I mean? Like I'm ready to go. And they're like playing shortstop. I was like, all right, cool. Let's get out there. And it's a team full of, I told, I said this to the umpire and he thought it was funny. He didn't get it at first, but once he realized what I was saying, he 
I was like, oh, we're an indoor crowd. I said, we're more of an indoor team. And he goes, you can't, your team can't play outdoor softball. I'm like, no, I mean, we sit on our asses all day. We're communications. We don't really go outside. And he's like, oh yeah, I get it now. I get it. So the team, we have a lot of heart and we try really hard. However, it is a bunch of indoor people. It's a bunch of nerds that haven't played a sport, but they're like, yeah, I'll play softball. So it was a learning curve for a lot of them. Some of them were good. Like there was some, I'd say there was what, 10 of us. I'd say four of us were good. But after that, there was a precipital drop off of talent and knowing what to do in certain situations and stuff. And I'm not talking like, I'm talking like they're overrunning second base because they think they can just overrun bases because you can overrun the first base. You can overrun first base. Shit like that. It's not like they're just making bozo plays. Like they're making like dumb baseball plays. They just don't know how to play the game at all. So there's that. So there was a big learning experiment with like, hit the cutoff, man. And I'm playing shortstop. So I'm telling the second baseman, if the balls hit the right field, you're the cutoff man. If balls hit the left field or center, I'm the cutoff man. That went in one ear, out the other immediately. I think the first ball that got hit the right field, he's standing on second base because he's the second baseman. And I'm like, of course he would be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I run out there, I get the cutoff, but the outfielder doesn't know to hit the cutoff man. So he throws it as hard as he can, thinking he's going to throw it home. It's a whole thing. So then that, you know, the bottom half of the inning run, we're in the, I was like, all right, if you're in the outfield, just look for me. I'll have my hands up. I'll be calling for it. I'm like, and the pitcher, who's the captain of the team? He's actually good, but I don't know why he's pitching. I'm like, you got to be yelling the whole time. Where do you want me to throw it? When I get, when I cat, when the ball's coming in, you, you got to be yelling one, two, home, something, hold, something. So I can just turn and fire the fucking thing. Sure enough, he's not yelling shit. So it was, like I said, learning curve the entire time. But let me tell you something about shortstop. It is a difficult position. You you do have to move left to right a lot. However, when you make a fucking play, it does feel really fucking good. Like I, because I usually play third base, and like third base, you, like you're on the line and you move to your left. There's not a whole lot of moving to your right if you're playing the position, especially in softball, the right way. Like you should be kind of shading all the way to the right, but you got to move to your left a lot, and you're closer in, so the ball gets smoked past you a lot. Shortstop, you got to cover a lot of ground, and you're playing deeper, and then you got to throw a can't. You have to have a rocket arm to throw at the first, and I have a rocket arm, so it wasn't a problem. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn or anything, but I got a fucking chooch. So I catch the ball. Like there's the first play got was a line drive straight to me. I'm like, all right, got my feet wet. Second one, ground ball, field it, fire it over to first. First baseman hits his glove, drops it. He said I threw it too hard. This is what I was dealing with. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Inning goes, you know, a couple pop flies here and there. We get up, smoke a ball, went three for four at the dish. Hitting wasn't really the issue. Next play, no, next inning. It's like the fourth inning now. Like nothing really happened. They hit a lot of they lit, they hit a lot of line drives into center field because we had a girl playing center field. Not that the girl was bad, but she's never played the sport, so she had no idea what she was doing out there. She has no idea to throw a ball. It's a whole thing. So now we have a man on first. And I'm not going to get into the weeds. I'm not going to break down every play. But this was I mean this was a play. Man on first. Ball gets hit up the middle, and I I ranged to my left what felt like 12 feet. It was probably like three steps I took. Picked it up, stepped on second, threw it over to first, double play. And like I gave myself, I don't know if I actually physically fist, fist bumped, but I'm pretty sure I fist bumped in my, I definitely fist pumped in my brain, but I might have like fist pumped in the air. And then after that, it was just straight confidence from there on out. I was talking shit. I was chirping to the other team while they were on second. You know, like I'm, I'm, I was, I was in, my, I was in the zone after that. Made a couple, few, made a couple two tree plays after that that were just. And I was like, this. It's, I'm not saying shortstop is easy, but it, it felt a lot easier after that. And these dudes were hitting rockets. Like they weren't, they weren't like this team came to play. I think they won last year, so like they came to play. 
So I'm like, all right, first shortstop ain't that bad, you know. Maybe the team, maybe I found my calling at 35 years old to be the star shortstop of the communications squadron. I don't know. If I had to compare myself to somebody, I think I would have to say Alex Rodriguez, 2001. But that's not me. That's not for me to say. I'm no. I'm, you know. I mean, I can't. I can't put a face to it. But if I had to pick, gun to my head, pick an A Rod. But I'll be sure to update you guys because I know everyone's going to be super interested in it. I think the best conversation you can have with people is about your fantasy team and about your men's softball team. To me, those are the two topics that people love to talk about and they love to hear someone talk about it. So I'll be sure to update you guys. We got a game tomorrow night. It might rain, might not, but we're going to get back out there and I'm going to be showing off again at shortstop. You know, maybe I might make a jump throw to first. Who knows? You know, the sky's the limit for me over there. So we're going to get into it. We're going to wrap this up. We just hit the 20-minute mark, and we got to still have to do the random question of the day, so let's get into that. So, typing in the chat, GPT, can I get a random question of the day, please? He said, if you could experience life in any historical time period for a week, which one would you choose and why? I think this question was already asked. I think it said if you could go back for a day, what would you experience? For a week? Um... I don't know, a week feels like a long time. Like, what happens over the course of a week? I guess if you're going back to experience it, definitely wouldn't go back when there's a like world wars going on. That would suck, suck ass. Go back to like the 80s, you know, back with fucking Jenny from Forrest Gump while she's going around whoring, whoring herself around. That seemed like a good time to party, you know, like late 70s, early 80s. The economy was going, you know, it was a good time. There was just a lot of things to do, so to speak. Um, I don't know about the historical time period. I don't know. I always want to go back in time. Like, I want to go back to the beginning, like the first week, you know, when I guess in the Bible, it says like when God, God, on the first day, God created this and that, you know, just to see what it was like in the, like the first days of this whole thing. Probably the first week of like humans. Yeah, I think I'd go all the way. I always want to go all the way back to just see what the fuck happened. What were the first humans doing? Either that or the 80s. I don't know. You never know, I guess. So that's going to wrap it up. We just hit 23 minutes. I got to chop it down. It'll probably be 20. And um, yeah, if anything happens breaking news wise with this sub, I'll be sure to be all over it. Appreciate everyone that follows on TikTok, YouTube, Substack, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, The easiest thing, I got to start saying this more, literally the easiest thing to do to support this podcast, support me and support everything we're doing here. Whenever you see a social media post, you can just hit the share button or favorite button. If it's on Twitter, you can retweet it. Retweeting, that's the highest praise. Liking it, second highest. On Facebook, if you share it, that's equal to a retweet. So again, highest praise. But that's all it takes. You don't have to comment. You don't have to do anything. Just a little like, retweet, share, something along those. Easiest way to support. I know people on TikTok have been liking it, watching it. So TikTok's going good there. But the easiest way outside of that is, because I'm not asking for anybody's money or anything. This is fun to me. So um, just like, share it, retweet it. You can even subscribe to my Substack if you really wanted to. But I appreciate everyone that does. Appreciate everyone that listens. We've been averaging around in between 12 and 15 downloads and listens per podcast. 30 days ago, we were at six. So do with that what you want. And we're getting more feed. We're getting more traction from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok over those last 30 days. So we're going to keep it going, keep it moving, and we're all moving in the right direction. So with that being said, hopefully everyone has a good night. Stay dry. And let's uh, hopefully these submariners, these mariners come back.
Wilson!